Hello and welcome to level 60 of 3 Extra Lives, a video game and trivia podcast. I'm your host, Tom Knight. How are you doing? Welcome back. It's good to see you. Love having you here. Just a little reminder that 3 Extra Lives is on a bi-weekly schedule every two weeks. Just in case you forgot that, if you were looking at your podcast feed last week and wondering where the heck is the episode, every two weeks now, Free Extra Lives is hitting your ears. And just a little throwback shout out to Among Us, which for the month of September in 2020 has pretty much been in the top 10 of games on Twitch. I think it's been number one at some point there with over half a million viewers and it's just absolutely blown up and i'm only bringing this up because i did mention it back in march i did mention it back in march 2020 you know so just saying ahead of the curve i do talk about good games and and there's the proof so anyway with that out of the way let's get on with the show something pretty neat happened recently in the community for left 4 dead 2 and if you don't know what left 4 dead 2 is that's okay, because Left 4 Dead 2, it's a 2009 multiplayer survival horror game, which is developed and published by Valve, and released, like I said, back in 2009. But guess what? Left 4 Dead 2 is getting its first major DLC in almost 10 years. Yes, imagine playing a game that doesn't get updated, and then 10 years later, hey, got an update for you. Pretty incredible, pretty incredible. Now, how did this update come about? Because obviously the the developers not actively working to push updates out there. Sometimes games just get to a point where they're no longer getting any further updates. They're still supported with regards to their servers or things like that. And this is kind of where the community comes in and the community shines because in the community, they make mods that continue to support games even after the developers have kind of moved on from that. So anyway, this came about because the, the project lead on this update, who goes by the name of Rayman1103 in the Left 4 Dead community, actually reached out to Valve, a member of their staff, Kerry Davis, back in October 2019, about a potential 10th anniversary update. And anyway, Valve liked the idea of this, and they started to see what kind of resources they had to be able to make this happen. But unfortunately, Valve was actually focusing on Half-Life Alex which was their first VR project in the Half-Life world. So they can really afford to push people onto this community update. So Valve then allowed really for this member of the community to take source files from a map from Left 4 Dead 1 and they got a community team together and they started working up on the project. And, and now here we are with a fully endorsed update from Left 4 Dead 2, it's, it's got that stamp of approval from the developer as well. It's going to come out in a pretty official way with achievements and also a, a new campaign, new maps. And again, Left 4 Dead 2 kind of works in a format of a horror game that you're in a team together with three other people and you're going through an area, you know, you're clearing hordes of zombies other infectious monsters that have abilities and it is really really cool kind of like team multiplayer i'm not a big fan of horror games but i think when you're there with some of your friends as well definitely makes that a lot easier to digest so i just wanted to mention this because i think it's fantastic that this can happen that this is a thing that can happen a game that 
you know, hasn't seen an update in 10 years. There's a community out there that still love and is passionate about this game and able to actually reach out to developers and work something out for them to actually create something. And I've seen this with Valve a few times, actually, with regards to moderations for other games as well. And I know there's also a Portal game, actually, that came out, kind of a follow-on from Portal 2. It's called Maze Stories. And I think it was also approved by Valve as well. It came out in a fairly official way, you know, with achievements and using assets from the the original portal games as well and i think it's really cool that seeing like yeah this is something that was created by developers but then handing it into the community in in a way that they have you know obviously they'd have the final say on, on what happens with that but it's really neat to see like something like this happen and who knows what happens from there as well with regards to the community that have created this project as well because that also can be a stepping stone into them creating their own projects or additional projects perhaps on other titles too but yeah i'm, I'm really excited to see this I, I i did play a bit of left 4 dead 2 back in 2010 so yeah i'd definitely be ready to jump on this again there's no better time to jump into a game when a big update gets released for a game it's a great feeling to be able to do that so yes let's dust off those shotguns and let's go hunt some zombies it's trivia time. So we were talking about Left 4 Dead 2, which is a horror game. Another, well, kind of horror game, but is a horror game, is Dead Rising. And Dead Rising is a series of action-adventure survival horror games created by Keiji Inafun and features which main protagonist? Is it Teddy North, Sarah East, Felicity South, or Frank West? The correct answer is, of course, Frank West. Did you get that one right? If you did, give yourself an extra life. Up next on three extra lives. If you've been living under a rock recently, you might not have heard the news that Microsoft completed a 7.5 billion pound purchase for Bethesda, which is quite incredible, really, isn't it? It's quite unfathomable just how much money that actually is. And with this as well, this deal has seen the likes of Bethesda's entire catalog of games coming to a program called the Xbox Game Pass or the, the Game Pass as it's simply known. And, and what this pretty much is, and everyone's sort of doing it now, everyone's sort of doing it, is that it's a it's your, it's your Netflix of games, right? So you subscribe to this, you pay a monthly fee, and then you have access to a large catalog of games which you can play a lot of them are on a rotation that they're only available for a certain amount of time then they go away obviously in microsoft's case with the game pass anything developed and published by them is probably going to stay there indefinitely you know like your netflix originals and this just got me thinking more on the lines of game collections and how that's changing and how that's evolving because as i sit here in my recording booth it's 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 just my office uh behind me is a couple of towers of video games playstation games dreamcast games xbox games xbox 360 playstation 2 3 you know you get the idea right as we've moved you know further on into the digital age like i i, I do struggle to sort of remember like 
oh, when was the last time I bought like a physical game? And I, I still obviously own the Nintendo Switch and I own a Nintendo DS and actually fairly recently bought a cartridge for that. So I'm still doing that, but it's very infrequent compared to what it was. And especially when I think about like when I was a lot younger and just how that's, that kind of system worked of buying a new game and then maybe being done with that game. And obviously being a child, not having that much disposable income, trading in those games for something else, saying goodbye to them, and then potentially using that as credit for, for something else. And I think we are definitely moving away from that. And of course, with our next generation of consoles coming out here in 2020, the new offerings from Xbox and PlayStation, you know, we've got models there now that don't even have disk drives anymore. It's, it's all becoming digital. And part of me feels sad about that because I have memories of just going out and buying video games and it's it's a great feeling and and then when i think about things now and well especially the situation we're in right now it's, it's great that we can just buy games and access them straight away and the more i think about it i'm like yes it's it's great to be able to fire up an old retro console and just be able to play that if you can find the right connection for your tv but as we moved further along we do even have the aspect now of physical games not really being physical. I mean, you're inserting a disc into your console, for example, but it's mainly just acting as like, yep, you own the game, let's launch the game. Because really now everything's being downloaded to your console. You even see it now when you, if you do buy a new game, like on your PlayStation, it's pretty much installing that to your hard drive. And it's it's not like it's, it's running from the disc kind of thing. It's still is mainly acting like an authentication in a way, a license. And again, just how this change has happened, it almost feels like it's just been going on for quite a while now and, and how we consume our video games. It's it's so much different from, from the past. And I think the point that I was trying to make with this was I'm just thinking about like when I was younger and for example, when I got a, a, a PlayStation, right? So bought your PlayStation, you probably only got one game with that, right? I mean, if you're lucky maybe you got a couple of games for christmas or something like that but i remember distinctly getting a playstation only getting one game of that firing that up being totally amazed and then heading to the rental shop and renting a game out and, and doing it that way for a while but now we kind of live in an age now where if you go out and buy this new xbox you'll probably get a trial to the game pass or something or maybe you won't even get a game with your xbox maybe just like yeah just you know what i'll pay a small fee every month to get this huge collection of games and now potentially even younger gamers or people entering into gaming will instantly have this huge library and I don't know if that's going to be overwhelming for people or if that's going to be really exciting. I potentially think it could be really exciting but I also know that the more choice we have for things sometimes that's just really difficult to process. I mean I sit here with a a library on Steam of over 800 games and some days I'm just saying to myself I've got nothing to play which just simply isn't true and sometimes more choice just leads to choice paralysis which just leads to not doing anything at the same time being able to access like so many amazing games from the first day that you purchase a console maybe it's your first console ever or maybe you know it's your 10th console you know what I mean but there's still an aspect I think of magic of that which Part of me thinks we are losing with regards to the element of physical games and what that means, but the accessibility of video games continues to grow and I think that's a good trade-off and it, it is exciting to see just 
the volume of games that come out now and how easy it is to access a lot of these, especially you know these new titles. Some of the, the big titles as well are, are getting involved in just being accessible that way. And yeah, we've seen the likes of our blockbuster videos fall away and people not really renting physical copies of anything anymore. And it, it is a, a sign of the times. And yeah, look back and feel a little bit sad, but also excited about what the future might hold for console gaming and for PC gaming. It's, it's ever changing and it's ever evolving. Again, I'm not really sure what my point was in this segment, but I was just really interested in, in talking a little bit about the, the dynamics of how this is all changing and just thoughts about it in my head. I mean, I'm not completely like, oh, I wish everything is was digital and I don't have anything physical anymore. But I know for some people taking a more minimalistic approach to even just their lifestyles and hey, I don't have that big pile of game cases collecting dust. Some people are a bit more of collectionists and building that up. We know you're out there. We know you're out there that you're, you're going around there collecting all the video games. And I'm probably still falling into that a little bit, but also just the convenience of the digital age is, is, is shining in a way. It is shining through. What do you think? Are you all for digital games? Have you tossed aside all your physical collections? Or are you a bit of a hoarder, a bit of a hoarder like me? You just want to, you know, you still want some sort of physical aspect. You want to go out and collect all those retro games and, and do it that way. Why not let me know? I'd love to hear from you. It's trivia time. So we're just going to go with a puzzle question from our good friend, Professor Puzzle. Introduced in 1997, what is the name for the series of PlayStation controllers capable of providing vibration feedback to the player? The correct answer is Shock. If you got that one right, give yourself an extra life. And no, they won't work on your PS5. And finally, on three extra lives, what have I been playing since I last spoke to you? Well, apart from Fall Guys and Among Us, you know, all the games the cool people are playing these days, I've been playing a little game called Undertale. Now, Undertale is one of those games that came out five years ago back in September 2015 and I have just had it on my radar being like yeah I I should play Undertale I should play Undertale and here we are five years later I finally sat down and played it I was like oh it's the five-year anniversary of Undertale I should probably do that now right so Undertale is a role-playing video game created by indie developer Toby Fox and in this game the player controls a child who has fallen into an underground which is a large region under the surface of the earth, which is separated by a magic barrier. And in this journey through the underground, you'll meet various monsters as you attempt to get back to the surface because there was a war. There's always a war between humans and monsters and the humans won and the monsters had to go underground. And I honestly, didn't know what to expect from this game. I'd heard good things. I had heard this was a pretty good game from word of mouth and just ramblings in the gaming community, but I hadn't really focused on what Undertale was. I hadn't given it too much thought and I hadn't given it too much of any sort of research what it might entail. I am blown away. I am blown away by this game. So 
when you fire it up, it doesn't look like much. Like, it, it really doesn't. It, it looks like something you might have played on the NES. Very retro in, in that regard, but I have to tell you that it is provoking emotions like something I haven't quite experienced in an RPG. And as you start off in this game, I think the first maybe 20, 30 minutes of this game, you might be a little like, nah, this doesn't seem like much. This doesn't seem like much. It's slowly building up to something quite magnificent, really. And there's your classic RPG tropes. You've got some combat in there. You've got some puzzles. And just to hit on the combat, the combat is totally bizarre. In Undertale, you can apparently get through the entire game without killing a single person or defeating a single person. Like, if you want to play a pacifist, you can do that. Because when you go into combat, you have the classic turn-based combat system of attack. You also have a way to interact with your foe, and that usually brings you up options of being able to talk to them, tell a joke to them, or something other really strange, like if it's a dog, you can throw them a stick, and sometimes that works. And there's a lot of dogs in this game, by the way. You can pet a lot of dogs in this game. That might already be a selling point for you. And if you do choose to go the combat route, it's also pretty strange, because you're presented with a square and you control a small heart in that, which then your opponent will attack you and basically they'll spawn various blocks or shapes that you then have to jump out of the way of or move out the way of with your little heart. And if you do that, you don't take any damage and then you can either attack them again or try and figure out probably what I call the like little mini puzzle of trying to beat them without actually fighting them. And there is quite a lot of creative ways you can do that as well with dialogue or maybe simply not attacking them at all when you go to attack them. Just a little secret there. And I have to say that the music in this game, it's such a nostalgia trip and it's so therapeutic. I just find myself kind of lost just listening to the soundtrack of this game. It really provokes something within that, I don't know, it, it, it just takes me back to like, classic basic RPG-ness that just feels raw and true and it feels real like it feels so real and one thing also in this game that I just love is dialogue conversations with NPCs in this game are an absolute joy even interactions with static items in this game are a joy I'm going around talking to everyone I want every piece of dialogue I want to consume every conversation I want to interact with every item possible and to me, that's quite rare to do in an RPG. Usually you get to a point where I just want to talk to the people I need to talk to. That's where I get my kicks from. In Undertale, you want to talk to everyone. Everyone's got something special to share with you. And there's some great life lessons in this game as well. And there's some really just heartwarming aspects to this game with regards to the characters. And you instantly do feel connected to them. You feel just this emotion towards them. They all have their different quirky aspects of how they interact with you or how they talk to you or even how their text animation sound is. And it's just something so special about this game that I can't believe it's took me five years to get around to playing. And again, I don't think it's a long RPG. I've kind of looked up the how long it would take to beat. And you're probably looking at something between three, five, or maybe eight hours, depending on which ending you would get and there's various endings in this game there's an ending there's a true ending there's a 
pacifist ending. Lots of little secrets in there that potentially make the game replayable as well. But I have to say, if you've never played Undertale, if you like RPGs, and if you like something that's just, it's not going to eat up, you know, 60 hours of your life. It's not going to do that. But I am so appreciative of this game and playing it in a year again, like 2020, I feel like it's just a, it's just a game that is, I'm so thankful for. And I've been sitting, playing this game, I've been laughing out loud, I've been smiling, I've just felt a real connection with a game, even after only playing it for, you know, about four hours in, I just feel a real connection with that. And I think that's a very unique feeling and a very special feeling that a video game can do for you so go check it out that is undertale by toby fox it's out on pc it's out on nintendo switch it's out on playstation 4 go take a looky it's trivia time i was talking about undertale which is an rpg which leads me to this question as of the year 2020 the best-selling rpg of all time is pokemon red green and blue but how many units has it sold to the nearest million is it 30 million 40 million or 50 million the correct answer is 30 million boy that's a lot of pokemon if you got that one right give yourself an extra life and here we are at the end of another level of three extra lives. How did you do on the trivia this week? Why not let me know over on social media? You can find me in most places at three extra lives. You can email the show podcast at three extra lives.com if you want to let me know there or you just have a suggestion for something I should check out, be it a indie game or a feel good video game story. And like always, you can head over to three extra lives.com for the show notes for this level where I will link to everything I've mentioned in this level so you don't have to go searching. No, you don't. I've done all the hard work for you. Isn't that just swell? So that's it. We've reached the end again, my friends. I wish you a farewell, and I will see you all in level 61. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.